our weekly podcast of Womankind Collective with me, Lou Hopkins-Thompson and me, Jinty Sheeran. We will talk all things woman, so get the kettle on and settle in for a chat and probably a lot of laughter along the way. And coming up in this week's podcast, we are talking about Earth Day and how we can help Mother Earth by choosing sanitary product products that are not only non-toxic to women, but reusable, sustainable and planet friendly. And we will be talking about HRT and myth busting, um, hopefully answering some of your questions that, uh, that we've had. And we have a friend of the show, lovely Annie, coming on to discuss her menopause diagnosis. Um, so that will be great. Yeah. Uh, we also have our brand spanking new book for the Book Collective, uh, which is Untamed by uh, Glennon Doyle. And we have our food collective where I'm just going to talk a little bit about prebiotics. We looked at probiotics last week, um, so catch up on that if you haven't managed to listen yet. And this week it's prebiotics, why we need them in our life and in our gut. And, deep breath, because (laughs) this week on April the 22nd, which is somebody, also somebody's uh, birthday, (laughs) somebody's special, we will be celebrating Mother Earth. Um, on the 22nd as it's Earth Day. So we thought we'd ask our three daughters for a tip for life each. And there's some surprising, surprising results there, Lou, isn't there? Oh, I've already been in tears with mine. Yeah. I know, get the tissues ready. <laughs> <laughs> and we've had some lovely comments and um, suggestions and everything this week. Absolutely, you've been you've been amazing. So haven't oh, so you just, girls? Yeah. It's just, you know, amazing. It's been so lovely to feel the love and to have it, that support it's been great it's absolutely fantastic it's a great great little collective oh so we're going to have a look at little look at prebiotics aren't we because i don't know anything about this this is my education with you okay so, so yeah this is our this is our foodie collection this week we've been looking at gut health and last week we looked at probiotics um and this week um I'm going to be just talking a little bit about prebiotics. So prebiotics, are they're special plant fibers that they help the healthy bacteria grow in our gut. So we talked about last week, the probiotics create, they are the healthy bacteria. So this healthy bacteria that we've just put in our gut with these lovely probiotics, these fermented foods and all this that you can eat, but how do they survive? And they go, they go, they go very silent, and they don't do much unless they're fed properly. So mm. it's no use eating your your probiotics without your prebiotics. Ah. Okay. So this makes your digestive system work better. Okay. So they're both good for you, and they help in slightly different ways. So prebiotics, they're they're like I said, they're a source uh, of food for your healthy bacteria. Uh, they're kind of carbs that your body can't digest. So what they do is they go to your lower digestive tract where they act, uh, they're food, you know, and they feed feed, um, probiotics. Um, And so what are prebiotic foods? So you can get them. What are they? What are they? I shall tell you, Louise, right now. They are (laughs) things like apples, artichokes. I've done it all in alphabetical order. I don't know if you notice. Apples, (laughs) artichokes, asparagus, bananas, (gasps) yeah, barley, berries particularly dark berries cocoa so you're allowed a nice bit of cocoa bit of dark chocolate very good for you uh cabbage 
cabbage is really good. As we said last week, cabbage can be a probiotic if you have it as, as well and prebiotic if you have it as sauerkraut. So you... It's a good thing, cabbages, because we were talking about those with Kerry as well. Cabbage they leaves have... from um, yeah, mastitis. So many, yeah, they are, they are an underrated they, vegetable. They are a wonder, the wonder of the cabbage. Flaxseed, flaxseed. Now that has many. I'm hoping Emma will talk about. She loves flaxseed. It has it's got omega three, and it's a prebiotic. Uh, garlic, green vegetables, leeks, legumes. So like peas and beans, chickpeas particularly, and lentils, okay. oats, onions, tomatoes, soybeans, and wheat. But obviously, some people can't have wheat. But there, you got a you got a huge choice. If you can't have one, you that might is get a massive yeah. choice. And things I didn't actually know were a prebiotic. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot of us have those sort of things in our diet anyway. So, but now you know they're yeah. even better for you. But another thing to remember, and you know, a lot of people talk about this rainbow diet. It's really important because you know, like we get bored with certain stuff. Our our gut bacteria might get bored you need to kind of keep this variation the bigger variation you know the better um so you know just have whatever you can a real mix of these vegetables and, and legumes on on your plate um but as well as feeding the gut bacteria they they can do other things lou i shall tell you now what they can tell do. me tell, tell me more. now this is really important in menopause because in menopause we kind of leach a little bit of calcium from our bones um causing osteoporosis so the prebiotics they help you absorb calcium so any calcium you're getting within your diet wow. they help you absorb um, they can also this might be interesting for you and your sugar um, addiction <laughs> <laughs> they, All right. they change the rate at which food causes spikes in blood sugar so ah, yeah yeah which is really interesting really interesting yeah. and it also ferments food faster so it spends less time in a digestive system so it helps you to kind of basically you know like like fiber it just helps things move a little bit quicker and again in menopause we can hold on to stuff our metabolism slows down so that's all good get rid of it get rid of it all and it also helps um keep the cells that line your gut healthy which we've spoken about it before um one thing I would, one thing I will add um, as well is that don't, if this, all these foods you've listened to and you thought, I don't have any of those, don't suddenly eat far too many of them all at once because you will be quite ill. If you go from, okay. if you go from like no legumes, like no lentils and no chickpeas, um, you may not be ill, but they can cause a lot of wind and bloating. <laughs> Um, so I've heard a lot of people say, oh, I can't eat those. They bloat me out or they give me wind. Well, okay. it just might be that you've introduced too much too fast. So Right. OK, so little, little and often to begin exactly. with. Exactly. And a bit of advice that I got from Emma, actually, um, was the go for tinned lentils at first because they are okay. less, they're easier to um, um, for your stomach to digest. So lentils and maybe just add a few and you could even add some in your miso Spanish stew, just a few. And then you can build yeah. it if you really like them, you can have more, but take it slow. Really interesting. I mean, we, I know we're going to have so much to talk about with Emma as well. Yes. So yeah, that, that's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've learned a lot and I've written a lot of notes on my notebook. Oh, good. I could hear you <laughs> scribbling away there. Scribbling away. So that's pretty
prebiotics. So we've done well, probiotics yeah. and prebiotics. So, you know, and then hopes we could be our last week in gut health. And Emma's going to kind of hopefully put all that together. We've got some questions and you've been asking some questions about weight and, and middle age spread and all these things. So we're going to put those to Emma next week, aren't we? We are. Brilliant. So HRT, we're talking today, busting some myths, hopefully, and answering some of your questions. So hormone replacement therapy or HRT is widely used for treatment of menopause symptoms. Um, the aim of HRT is to replace the hormones that our bodies uh, cease to produce during the menopause. So namely, mostly estrogen, um, but progesterone as well, and sometimes um, testosterone. Um, not everybody wants to go on HRT. Um, not everybody can go on HRT, but this is what we're looking looking at today. And we've got um, the lovely um, friend of the show, Annie, who's come on. Uh, you may remember Annie. Uh, talking about her um, big pants on the clothesline <laughs> um, in episode two. So yeah, lovely Annie had um, had an experience with um, her uh, a menopause diagnosis and HRT, which I think a lot of women will sort of uh, resonate with. So hi Annie. Hello. Hi girl. Hi Annie. Hi. So what happened? When when did you realise that you needed some help or when did you realise that you were even menopausal or perimenopausal? Um, just, yeah, I suppose 46 I was when I had my last period. But mm -hmm. just, just kind of talking a little bit before that, during my 20s and 30s, I my knowledge of the menopause was literally very, very little. All I assumed the menopause was or kind of was told that you had hot flushes, vaginal dryness that would last for 10 years. And I was thinking, great, that's something to look forward to. That wow. literally was my knowledge. It was never talked about. My mum, my dad used to say, oh, leave your mum alone. She's going through the change. And, I, and that was it. And I was like, well, what's the change? But you just enough, never talked about. So by the time I got to 46 and, you know, then my period stopped, I was like, Okay, so I then almost expected symptoms to happen straight away, but but nothing. So really, I didn't start to get any symptoms. Well, the hot flushes, they started first, probably to about three or four years later. Um, but then lots of other things that I thought, oh, well, this isn't right. Um, first thing in the morning, my joints were really stiff. My ankles felt like they were fused. And I, you know, I was going to the gym. I was quite fit. And, and this was suddenly very different. I thought, what's going on here? Um, and I forget, for, you know, forgot words. I'm forgetting them now. Um, I, I tried, I was doing the supper and I was trying to, um, we were having tuna with something and I needed to open the tin. And I was looking for the appliance that you open tin. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going, I can't find it. I thought, you know, so I was saying to my husband, where's the, you know, the thing that's tuna's in and you have to open the tin. What is the thing that you open tins with? And it just went on for about 10 minutes, him going, what? <laughs> he thought it was a game I think it is just like charades Annie I know like charades. literally I was almost <laughs> flushing and it was just like oh my god you don't you can't you read my mind and he said do you mean oh. a tin opener and I went yes that's it we've all been there haven't we but isn't Completely. it weird because you know what it is you can see it in your mind but you cannot get the words out no. and I really noticed this was happening a lot um, and just general feeling, you know, flat and just not myself. And life was good. And there was no reason for me to feel particularly flat. And at that time, menopause and HRT were starting to be discussed a lot in the media. 
because people like Lorraine Kelly, Carol Vorderman, they mm. were all saying they'd gone on HRT and it changed their lives. Now, HRT for me, you know, back again before my 40s was always thought of, oh, no, don't go on that. I'll give you breast cancer. You know, everyone was like, oh, avoid it, avoid it, avoid it. That's right. It was. It was a big. T- it was. All, it was a taboo. You didn't go on it. You. You marched through it. Yeah. What happened then? So Annie? basically, listening to you know them and reading a bit more in the press, I decided to, right. I will go to my GP and I will, you know, see if they can help and maybe I, I'm suitable for some HRT. So I went to a doctor. I'd never met her before. I never used to see the same doctor. And it was. A, I asked for a female because I thought they'd be a bit more understanding. And she was a similar age to me. Um, so I sat there and I explained, you know, how I was feeling and the symptoms. And so she kind of listened. And then she turned to me and she said, well, I think what you need to do is to download a mindfulness app <laughs> and walk around in your surroundings and take in the nature and, and appreciate your surroundings. That will make you feel much better. Jeez. Well, if any, I mean, you mm. girls know me pretty well. Me and yeah. mindfulness, we don't share a bed well. Um, my idea of mindfulness is to go shopping <laughs> and to come back with a new red lipstick. You know what I mean? <laughs> so for me, it was a bit, oh, okay. So I left there feeling a little bit, well, a bit cross that she didn't take me seriously. And I thought, really? You're a doctor? Um, mm-hmm. And a little bit not sure what to do next. And then it was a chat with you, Lou, wasn't it? It was. Um, and you told me how lovely the doctor that you'd gone to and, and how, how successful the HRT had been for you. So I went and booked yeah. an appointment with her. She again listened to me, asked me some health related questions, because obviously not everybody is suitable for HRT. Um, And then she gave me um, some patches, estrogen and progesterone patches, um, which and then so I literally got them on straight away. And then within 48 hours, the the, the symptoms were improving dramatically. It it literally it is amazing. I never had another flush and I just started to feel a little bit more like my old self again. And that's the thing. That's what you lose, isn't it? You lose yourself. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. totally. And you just can't understand why. And you're thinking, but what's wrong with it? And life's great. You know, my kids have grown up. I should be, you know, living my life to the full. Which yeah. was, So the patches were great until there was a shortage of them. Yeah, there was a shortage, but only in the UK, weirdly. So you had women doing a uh, HRT run <laughs> abroad. <laughs> like we used to do for wine in the yeah. old days. Well, I mean, I was phoning around the chemist. It was almost like, you know, got to that stage. It was like, right, yeah. quick, phone every chemist in in, in our town and, and find who's got who's got the patches, who's got them. Yeah, I know, yeah. absolutely. And I was almost panicking, thinking, oh, my God, oh, my God, what am I going to do if I can't get them? So I got her in a big panic and she said, don't worry, there are alternatives. Um, and so she put me on the same, um, but with a with a pill. And I've been on that ever since. One thing I would say about the patches that ha- for me is that they gave me a dreadful tummy bloat and the, pill, the ah. pills haven't. So that, that was just for me, you know, that's how I found them. So actually mm. I was, I'm happy to stay on the pill. Uh, but no, I've been on them now, I don't know, two years, I would say. I have a checkup once a year and then, and I'm like, oh no, don't take me off them. Don't take me off them. I'm no. dreading that day when she goes, right, it's time. You don't need them. If she yes. ever does, the moment, the way things stand, you can stay on them you know uh, forever um because they've got a lot of long-term health right. benefits we know there's risks yes, there are yes. risks but they've got a lot oh, of long-term good. health that's benefits. really good to know well I'll, I'll tell her then if she says right it's time i'm like no no, no. 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 Yeah. 
no, just, just say you might closer. you might change you could always change you could go to a gel you could try a gel maybe if she wants you to come off the pill yes. version you could try another there is a spray which i've actually tried which is really really easy right. to use you literally just spray it on the inside of uh, or on the top of your arm so you may yeah. want to kind of look but, at changing uh, that but yeah. you know yeah oh. i mean it might be that i'm yeah. fine without it i suppose it's something you might need yeah. to try really but i don't want to become i don't want to go back to how i was so um we'll see anyway but but no it, i'm really pleased really happy but one thing i think we do need to do is to educate men and boys more on the menopause yeah, good idea. They go through it. Your husbands, one minute they go to bed with an angel and they wake up with a devil. Clearly, then... yeah, their breathing gets on oh. your nerves. The way they yeah. eat gets oh, on your yeah. nerves. Yeah, they can't eat or breathe or chew no. or anything. They're they're going, no. What's happened? What's happened to that lovely woman I married? And you're going, what are you even looking at? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they, do need, they do need, I think education is key. Definitely for boys. You know, I'm going to talk to my son about it. He's not going to be happy about me chatting about it, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. They need yeah. to know. They, they need to know because his his partner or like you, you're going through yeah. it. Yeah. So I think I've been not? going through it all my have, life. It probably said. They have puberty that, you know, boys get to know about puberty and periods. Why can't they know about the next big change in a woman's body? I know, I know. I know, absolutely. So I think... It's just because of stigma a lot of the time and about this whole thing about being youthful and, and not ageing. We, we want to turn away from it. But actually, it can be a, a wonderful thing and give us a completely new outlook and positive outlook on life but you know quite often we need without our estrogen um as i think one of you said before it's it's like yeah. a drug for us you yeah know, we yeah. need estrogen our bodies really just need estrogen realize. in old times we didn't live we didn't live as long so we did now we can have like 40 years of being menopausal and that's a long time with no estrogen yeah, yeah, yeah it's it, a long time it, I mean, it still blows my mind that obviously you've got the perimenopause then you've got the menopause for 24 hours and then you are forever postmenopausal. You're always in a menopausal state at some stage, yeah. aren't you? You're always depleted of estrogen. And if you have, um, if you need insulin, if you're diabetic, would you say, "Oh no, I, I want to be natural. I'm not going to take that insulin." You wouldn't, because you'd yeah. be in a coma. You'd be dead. Um, yeah. If if you've if you're high if you've got hypothyroidism. Would you say, no, I'm not going to take that uh, thyroxine? Um, again, that can, hypothyroidism can put you in a coma, can cause all sorts of problems. No, you wouldn't. You take it. Um, the only difference is, of course, that all women will go through menopause and only some will have diabetes yes. or yeah. um, hypothyroidism. But that doesn't make it any less, <laughs> any less no. of a thing. You know, whether we choose to or not is, is up to the individual, but we should all oh, know, shouldn't know what's out there. You should yeah. know the choices. And also I think that, you know, I went to my GP as expecting them to, to kind of know and be sympathetic, but it doesn't sound like they are, they know that much. Not, not, they're not all clued up on the menopause, you know. No, unfortunately. Yeah. I'll just say a little bit about GPs because they mm. like, like we all know they're under a lot yeah. of stress and they only get 10 minutes yeah. in an appointment and it's not long enough to sit with a menopausal woman who, who is, might have anxiety, yeah. depression, fatigue, mm. all these problems that they don't know they're menopausal. Um, um, but it's also, it's down to their training, you know, it's optional whether they take, whether they look at menopause or study right. menopause. So hopefully, Hopefully this is all sort of changing. Oh, I mean, um, as dramatically, you know, hasn't it? In the last years, you know, yeah. it's on, you know, it's in magazines. It's 
it's on the tv there's programs about it you know which we're shouting it from the rooftops now this is what happens to us but it doesn't mean we're we're old loud no, proud I, no. and no balls or we need if we're educated ourselves we can go to the doctor and in fact louise newson has got a letter on her website that you can print out and give to your doctor you can you can do that it's we just need that confidence and often when you're menopausal or perimenopausal you haven't no, got that no, confidence. absolutely yeah that's one of the things that goes yeah definitely completely i'm so glad yeah you oh did. gosh totally i mean i yeah i think everybody and you know, if anyone's listening and has, has been putting it off or thinking, oh, no, are these menopausal symptoms? Go, go and talk to somebody. Don't suffer. You don't have to suffer. You know, there's help yeah. out there in many ways. Good advice, Annie. Good advice. Yeah. And if you're scared to talk to your doctor for whatever reason, there's lots of groups yeah. out there that you can gain confidence in and see what they've done. And life begins at 50. <laughs> it certainly does. Every time, every age, yeah. I say life begins at <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, I think it's, it's a milestone, isn't it? And it's and it's great because actually we know more about our bodies than I ever did when I was a teenager. Oh yes, yeah, and appreciate them a lot more than when you, that's yes. a whole other podcast. Yeah. That one, uh, it certainly is. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you, you take Annie. care, girls. Bye. Bye. Oh, wasn't she great, Annie? Absolutely brilliant. Thanks, Annie, for that. Oh, yeah. amazing. Thank you so much. So, gents. So let's get HRT myth busting. And I think you're going to start with actually different types of HRT, aren't you? Yes, I am, because there's a lot of myths um, about HRT. And as I said before, a lot of it comes from a very, you know, this this scaremongering um, is is very prevalent. And it's a lot to do with an, a very old, um, well, like say 18, 19 years ago, um, a, a health study, a health initi initiative. Easy for you to say. <laughs> yes, a health initiative um, study, um, which is, uh, is, is shown to be statistically completely insignificant um, but it's it's scaremongering so what I'm going to do now is just go through the different types um, of um, hormone replacement therapy um, so first of all obviously the big the biggie is estrogen mm -hmm. um, so uh, estrogen now with HRT you can get in pill form you can get in trans transdermally which is um, through the skin so that's either gel a patch or a spray um, and, you know, it really depends. I mean, the, the, the safer ones, slightly safer ones are the um, transdermal ones because there is a very slight risk with the pills um, that of uh, blood clots. Um, so the transdermal goes straight into the blood system. Right. So obviously I'm not a health practitioner. I teach menopause yoga, but I am, I have researched it. I am a member of the British Menopause Society. This is where this, most of this information comes from. Um, see identical um, hormone replacement therapy. Body identical means it's basically um, identical to our own hormones, um, but it's also natural. It's made of uh, plant-based. It's made of yams, ah. uh, wild yams. Yeah. Um, so, um, and a lot of women say, oh, they, the reason for not going on HRT is because they want to be natural. I want everything to be natural. Well, there's a lot of natural things and they're not always good. You know, um, the, the old style of the HRT was Premarin, which was made of mare's urine, horse's urine. Well, well that's natural. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, that's natural, but it's it's not everybody, you know, wants to um, have a pill with that in. But this is trans, tra uh, the bio body um, identical is um, made with wild yams. So it's vegan 
And again, it comes in a gel, a patch or a spray. You've tried the patch and the gel. I have. You're getting on better with the gel now. I am. You're rubbing it in. Yeah, it's only because the patches, I had no issues other than um, irritated skin where the patches were, whether they changed the adhesive slightly, I don't know. But the the gel, absolutely fine. Now I'm rubbing it in a bit more. And now I've got no house guests. I can quite happily stand in the bathroom, nobody knocking on the door and, and, you know, (laughs) rub it in. So... Yeah, so far, so good, Jins. And I have up to four pumps. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, you can take, yeah, you can take four pumps. And um, yeah, I, I, I really like the gel, but it does take a little bit of, you know, it doesn't take long to rub in, but you do have to rub it in. Um, the patches you usually use twice a week, but they, they can leave a little bit of a mark. And you just got to make sure that's rubbed off and as annie said there was a shortage and there still is a little bit of a shortage on the on the patches the spray is fairly new it's been out about 18 months um i've i've used the spray and oh my god it's so easy to use is it really <laughs> there's no rubbing yeah there's no rubbing i don't know i haven't really spoken i've spoken to a few people that have started to use it but not they haven't used it long enough to know whether it's um, as good as their okay. gel so um, yeah the, the jury's um sort of open on that one let's let's see but it's it's very easy to use um so there's that if you still have a womb if you've not had a hysterectomy you also need um progesterone uh, because east, east, taking estrogen causes the uh, womb lining to thicken and this can lead to um problems so we need progesterone um, you can now take micronized progesterone, which again is plant-based, so it's vegan oh. again, and it's not synthetic. It's it acts like your own. Uh, it's body identical, like the estrogen, so it acts like your own progesterone. It can actually have a calming effect. Um, it does for me. It really works. Uh, I take it at, at night, and it has a calming effect. Whereas sometimes the synthetic progesterone that's in the pill form and it's also in um, the marina coil if you're getting your progesterone that way it's a synthetic version which i didn't get on with i don't get on with the synthetic version and it doesn't uh calm like um the micronized progesterone can but we are all different so what one woman likes you know another you get on well with the uh court with the marina coil although i'm due for for a change but i I just think it's listening to you jen it's so great there are so there are choices now as women we have choices whereas years ago it it wasn't well i wasn't aware that there were choices but now it seems like and it seems like with the spray and new things coming they're actually looking uh, and and working on different things as well aren't they? they they are lou and it's great but at the moment, you still have to do the legwork, yeah. either by listening to us or going to the British Menopause Society, or going to um, the Menopause Doctor website. You have to do the legwork because it's all out there for you. When, when I wanted to um, have the micronized progesterone um, because I didn't want anything else, um, I had a lovely doctor and I told her what I wanted. She'd never heard of it. But luckily, she said, it's it says it's available and that i knew it was on the nhs yeah. so everything i'm talking to, about today is on the nhs you know you don't have to uh, pay for or go privately and she so she said leave it with me i will find it she found it within a couple of days and she said thank you now i can i can help that that you've opened it up to other women she'd never been told she never knew about wow, what it. a great gp 
yeah fantastic so uh, you know you need if you're open with them they may not have even heard of it now you might pay the way pave the way for other women to yeah, you know to sort so of try good. that yeah really good so that's your estrogen um all the different transdermal estrogens and the pill you've got your micronized progesterone or you can take it pill form um or the marina coil and then You've got topical estrogen. Um, this is mainly for urinary sort of symptoms. So if you get a lot of um, uh, incontinence, bladder incontinence, um, if you've got uh, vaginal atrophy, um, you may need instead of, but you can also have it as well as um, your transdermal estrogen, your patch or your gel. Um, so don't let your doctor tell you that just because you've got a patch, you cannot have the topical cream or the pessaries because you can it's localized Lou so you it doesn't go any further so if you can't have HRT um, for medical reasons or you just don't want to have HRT you can still have the topical estrogen um, for vaginal atrophy and that is that atrophy is dryness am I right yes, yes it is it's vaginal dryness but, but I think that kind of tells the wrong story mm. because it doesn't always feel dry it basically the lack of estrogen in your vagina and your vulva causes the skin to be uh, go thinner just like the rest okay. of our body so that the skin goes a bit thinner and it can go a bit like tissue papery and if we leave it for long enough it can actually stick together so mm -hmm. you know that around the vulva and the labia it can stick together and it it can cause all sorts of pain that sounds um, so painful so painful and it can be um, symptoms can be burning so you may feel like you've got thrush um, but you haven't so it might be burning it might be hot it might be itchy really itchy and just really really sore and red and swollen um, so it might come and go you might find it comes for a week maybe near your period um, but you might have it all the time now it's you know really important we don't have to put up with it no you know, it's not one of those things that you have to put up with just because you're older. Um, you know, don't don't put up with it. And it, re it really annoys me that you have to jump through hoops to sometimes get get the estrogen, get the topical estrogen. When a few years ago, Lou, quite a few years ago now, there was a pill bought out to help men. I think it was for heart problems. Um, and these men that were taking this pill suddenly realized, oh, my penis stays hard for quite a long time or you know it just helped it helped them get an erection in the first place and obviously and this then became viagra um which they obviously the big farmer thought you know ka-ching ka-ching um make as much make as much money and now you can even buy viagra over the counter yeah, little blue pills you can get over the counter yes yeah or you knew what they looked like you well know. i've seen i've seen the advert in, in booth's window <laughs> yeah. they had a big picture yeah. of the blue viagra there you go Okay, so they've got a picture of Viagra yeah. in Boots' window. Okay, can you imagine ever having a picture of topical estrogen for a dry fanny in Boots' window? Oh, oh my God. I tell you what, I think Earth would freeze over. It completely, wouldn't it? Now, this is the difference. Yeah. It's, a, it's just a massive gap that we have. I'm sorry I'm getting loud now because it <laughs> really, really frustrates me that you can buy Viagra over the counter. Do you know what? It wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if all of a sudden it'll be handed out like sweets and you get it free. Whereas yeah. we're still going to oh, be paying for period yeah. products and our, our menopause products. Yeah. That'll be the next step. Uh, uh, yeah. It's, it, but the thing is, Lou, what I wonder, who the fuck are all these 
old, I would say old men, these men taking Viagra, who the fuck are they having sex with? Because all their wives are going to have dried up old fannies because they can't get their vaginal I estrogen. know. Well, well so, that, that, that's a whole new episode, isn't it? That's a whole <laughs> new thing. But it, it's frustrating. So and I'm frustrating. Not, not being funny, but you know what? How long do you want it hard for? Okay. If you would... Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sorry, my watch is going off. It's trying to make me buy Viagra now because it thinks I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to... <laughs> it's uh, up I hope it's not going to come through Alexa and, and actually come through your door or something. <laughs> I said yes. that your Amazon delivery. I've thrown my watch away on the floor because I thought, God, I'm going to be ordering something Disgust. I don't want. <laughs> so, yeah, so vaginal atrophy um, as it's sexual problems as well but it can just be that you can't wear pants anymore so if you ever hear any of your friends or if you thought yourself actually i'm not going to wear pants because it you know um it's uncomfortable or even trousers and some women find can't even sit down for very long i mean i am and, i'm not giving up these big pants for anyone for no, no. one no um that, no, that is just not. so do you know what it really upsets me because i think it's just so sad that as women, we, we hide it and we, we keep it hidden because we're embarrassed and it's taboo and, and yeah. everything else. Whereas men, flipping heck, they're chatting about their erections and how long it's going up for. Yeah, exactly. They, they you know, it wouldn't happen and it doesn't happen. You can see it doesn't happen. And the thing is, if you don't sort it now in your 40s and 50s, if you don't get it looked at when it's just sort of coming and going, um, who knows what, what you know, I, I, what state you're going to be in in your 80s. Yeah. You know, there's so many women in, in trouble with, um, you know, constant, constant infections when they're older um, because they were never treated, you know, when they were younger. No, didn't actually probably know about it if they're in their 80s now. Exactly. It was, if it's not talked about now, it certainly wouldn't no. have been talked God, about a few good years ago. God, no. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the different um, types of HRT that you can get. And please, we're going to move on now. But please, if you've got any more questions, um, I don't mind. If I don't know, I can signpost you or find the answers. Um, because now what what sort of myths have you got for me? Well, I've only got a couple. But one of the ones I hear from some of my younger friends uh, um, is that they're too young to take HRT. And these are women in their 40s early 40s okay um and would they want are they wanting to take hrt or they just think they've got some symptoms coming on um you know some of the early symptoms and they're too young so they're going to leave it okay um well a couple of things that they're not too young you 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 can take um uh hrt in perimenopause and in fact Sometimes it's that this is when you need it more because of the fluctuations of your um, hormones. This is when you have your mood swings, the ups and the downs, um, the dryness, the non-dryness, the hot flushes. Um, you, you tend to get more symptoms in perimenopause than you do in mm. postmenopause. So it's, it's never too And Of course, some women um, have surgical menopause in their 20s and 30s or just have a very early menopause um, and they're the best treatment for them is HRT. Some women feel, I don't want to be, they feel old if they're on HRT. So some women have, um, go on some forms of the pill, which kind of regulates and gives them some sort of estrogen. But I would, you know, the body identical um, yeah. is the easiest and, and, a, and a good way to go. Um, and also they they found that the, if you go on it sort of early in, in your perimenopause, 
it has um, long-lasting effects on the... Um, well, I'll ask you a question now, Lou. What would you say is the biggest killer of women over 40? Oh, that's a tricky one. I'd like to say... Oh, I wouldn't like to say anything, really. I mean, I, I'd imagine suicide, because obviously... Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to go with suicide. Well, a lot... Because a lot of women, if I ask them that question, a lot of people say breast cancer. Okay. Um, but, but, yeah, but so suicide yes suicide does become more common in women between the ages of 45 and 55 and we know obviously the answer there yeah. you know mood swings everything you know everything feeling numb like annie said those sort of feelings um but it does go up but it's not the biggest killer that um, nor is breast cancer in fact we're all scared of breast yeah. cancer but in fact uh, 95 uh, 90 sorry percent of women that ha- they get breast cancer breast cancer survive there's 90 percent survival rate so nowadays good, the biggest killer in women over 40 is um cardiovascular wow. disease yeah so we over after 55 we overtake the men do we really yeah yeah we do and it's a, not a coincidence that it's over 55 because over 55 most women are postmenopausal and have no estrogen or barely any Crikey. estrogen at all. So it's, it's, it's actually regulating heart and arteries and and everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we have um, estrogen receptors all through our body. So you know, I don't know. You know, I'm not a scientist or or a doctor, so I don't know how it works. But I know I know the facts from the British Menopause Society. So it can prevent cardiovascular disease if we take it in perimenopause or even within i think five years of being postmenopausal um, and also it's a um it can prevent um osteoporosis um so as we get older or uh, well, not as we get older at all it's as we lose estrogen mm. which happens when we get older our um bones leach um calcium um and they can get quite brittle not on everybody but some women are more prone to it than others um but taking um, and uh, taking estrogen um, can prevent osteopenia and osteo- uh, os- osteoporosis. <laughs> oh, completely. Um, so, um, so yeah, it's 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 important for that. And if you've got that in your family, which I think you might have, Lou, have you yeah, got it in your both, family? Both, well, mum, my mum, and my mum-in-law, both late sort of seventies, yeah. early eighties, um, both war babies. So diet played a massive part in their sort of bone structure yes. and everything um but also that generation when they were menopausal they wouldn't have been given hrt estrogen no any of that so and no. that's, that's a knock-on effect now that's probably worsened a condition that was already going to be there you know from through yeah diet. exactly yeah. yeah exactly and there were some women around that age as well that were on it that were whipped yeah. straight off it because of, of panic um, and it's and we've never really we're still recovering from that now that's the other thing it can help there's there's more research going into now it can help the prevention of dementia um, and it's really important that we look at dementia not as part as something happens in our 70s and 80s um, it starts now it starts in your 40s and 50s it's what we do now lifestyle wise um, you know hormonally balanced wise what we do now will affect us in our 70s or 80s um there's a brilliant book called the xx brain and forgive me but i can't remember the author but she's amazing and all she's done all her life is she's professor some somebody um and all she's done all her life is look at female brains and she's she's sort of there's a lot more research now um going into um the lack of estrogen 
Um, and obviously we all know about brain yeah. fog, but you know, there's this question, does that affect you kind of long term? So um it's it's all it's worth worth thinking about, you know, like you say, so it's not it's not too early, you're not too early. And if your doctor tells you 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 too early, then um get get educated listen to us find the uh find all the information definitely. and um, take that to the doctor and if they won't listen find another definitely doctor. and my only other myth i've got which I actually you touched on with annie was that you only need to take hrt while you're menopausal yeah okay so as we know from before your menopausal all your rest of your life no. so you'll be post-menopausal you will never regain that estrogen naturally or or kind of without taking um uh, replacement therapy so you you don't have to their use if your doctor does try and take you off it the rules are at the moment you can take it for however long you want in fact um dr louise newson her mum takes it she's in her late 70s and she said she'll never ever come off it she's going to stay on it the rest of her life so you've got to weigh up yeah. you know for me it's about weighing up the benefits um and you know and there obviously the risks and there are risks so you know there are risks there, in everything are, in life though Jen, aren't there but you, like you say you, you definitely have are. to weigh up what is important we're all different yeah we're all different and we all come to the table with varying um illnesses and traumas things we've been through before and um actually there's another book called estrogen matters and you know estrogen does not cause breast cancer but estrogen can grow cells so if it's there if the can if breast cancer is there it may grow a little bit quicker so but it doesn't cause breast can breast cancer and in fact um you you've got more likelihood of um of getting breast cancer if you drink two glasses of wine mm. a night if you are overweight or obese, if you um, smoke, um, if you take the hormonal pill, if you take the pill, it's exactly yeah. the same. Um, but you're much less likely um, to get breast cancer if you're on estrogen only. So if you're on estrogen only without the progesterone, you're less likely to get breast cancer, which is that interesting. Is interesting. Um, yeah, and if you exercise for just two and a half hours, a week you are even more or less likely so so statistically you could say if you were on hrt and you exercise for two and a half hours per week you are still less likely yeah to get and you're not cancer. drinking not so smoking if, you've got a good healthy balanced diet i suppose as well lifestyle yeah exactly it? all down to lifestyle it's all down to lifestyle and we we all have to we all have to make changes if we want to kind of live a um a, you know a fulfilling yeah, life definitely you know? definitely um i've got a couple of um just just a couple of more um myths okay. um one of them is um hrt causes weight gain um and that is a bit of a myth there is no um significant evidence that hrt causes weight gain um it, weight gain is a common symptom of menopause so if you kind of go on hrt or, you know obviously with menopause um it's it's a symptom of menopause and aging in general but it's not linked to hrt and in fact a lot of women have found um that when they've taken hrt because they haven't got the fatigue and they feel better generally they yeah exercise you've got your more. mojo back don't you so you want to be up yeah. and out and, and doing stuff yeah exactly yeah. Lou. exactly um so there's lots more myths but we're, we're sort of running out of time but i believe we're going to um do 
follow are. up in two weeks we are. time and we're going we've got a Catherine who's going to talk about holistic alternatives as well isn't she exactly and we might we'll go through a few symptoms um you know it's too big a subject to do oh, we are, we've been in, in talking one. about so this we've for got... years Jen. Years, years, yes years. exactly exactly so if we haven't covered something that you'd like us to talk about please please get in touch Definitely. and if we don't know it we'll find out when we live certainly we'll, will we'll signpost you um but yeah have a look at the bms um the menopause doctor um website we'll put all the links on the show notes so gents our next we're going to be looking at planet friendly sanitary products and and i would just like to say before we go any further that you introduced me to um on instagram uh wear them out pads oh the lovely um, laura the lovely little yeah absolutely fantastic lady and and she and i just want to reiterate what she said on her last um insta post which please if you're going to go down this route use small brands that only sell reusable period products because body form and always you know the big massive companies the big boys the big boys have just brought out uh, reusable pads well if you buy those i mean tick for doing the right thing but cross for you're still um, giving money to a market that is funding you know disposable um pads and and products the, the lauren or La- laura sorry sells the wear them out um pads you can get those so the other ones you can get i'll just whiz through now which my personal favorite and i absolutely love period pants and they're they're pants you don't wear any pad you just got special period pants i absolutely love them um my personal favourite is a, is a company called Finks with an X on the end. Um, they're, they're more expensive than normal pants, Lou, aren't they? But yeah. you, know, you, you don't need to wear them that often, hopefully. <laughs> and they last. I mean, once you've got some, they absolutely last forever. Um, so you've got Finks. You've got a company called Waka, um, Modi Body or Modi Body. I don't know how you say that, but they're Australian. Yeah. Um, there's a really good company called Hey Girls, and I think they're British. And they um, they pledge to bring an end um, to period poverty, and they donate one pair. So if you buy one pair, they'll donate one pair oh, to yeah, people in poverty that can't afford um, sanitary products. That's amazing. Um, yeah, and they also do uh, period pads and moon cups, and they do little first period packs as well, which are quite good. Yeah, um, and, nice. Yeah, another company, Flux. Um, so you've got you've got all those going on. So give those a go. We'll be putting all the details of of give you a really good choice on the show notes. So take take a look at that. Also nappies. I don't know whether um, anyone has used. I used um, disposable. Uh, I used sorry reusable nappies for my youngest. Um, that was fifteen years ago. Oh, gosh, I've lost my bit of paper with the nappies on. Um, <laughs> but there are some great companies out there. Oh yeah, here it is. Um, I won't name them all because there's loads. Um, the one I used was Bambino Mio. And mm-hmm. um, I, all I would say, please give it a go. I know when you've got babies, it's it, you think, oh, God, I got, haven't got any time. Honestly, once you get into the hang of it, I absolutely loved it. I loved seeing these little muslins hung up. And it was so Aww. easy. It, it was, at so, you know, so easy to use and so much nicer on little babies' bums. They don't yeah. get all the nappy um, rash but, and all those sort yeah, of things. Yeah, all the toxicity in, in, the, in the products. And they take, yeah, they take about 200 years to biodegrade. Oh, I know, I know. 
and you only have to buy about 20 sorry Lou I'm rabbiting on but you only have to buy about 20 (laughs) so it is an initial outlay but But then you're done then you're done Lou and what you can do is well you can go to they have um nappy libraries so if you can't afford the outlay and there is one in Exeter so for local people there is a nappy library in Exeter and you can um there and they're a really good idea a great idea how great is that and obviously you touched there on the moon cups didn't you oh yes a moon cup have you ever used them Lou no because I haven't had a period because I've I've had a marina coil now I'm my eighth year into the marina coil so I haven't had a period so none of that is actually um totally relevant relevant to you no but our lovely listener Claire has a story doesn't she about yes she does she does so I know a lot of people that use moon cups and absolutely love them and yeah yeah our our, you know friend of the show Claire got in touch and she's allowed us to share her moon story um moon cup story um so I'm gonna we're gonna play that now hi girls so I thought I'd tell you about my interesting uh, experience of a moon cup so I decided I wanted to try a moon cup because I wanted to go down the wall the eco route I'm fed up of tampons and sanitary towels time came to use the moon cup so I inserted went off to work going about my business la da 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 and then I thought I needed to take it out that's where the issue came I couldn't get it out so eight hours of working get back home i'm now on my whatsapp group to my girlfriends and actually one of them is a part of the online collective so you're very sympathetic lou no i wasn't They're now laughing and sending voice messages to me of their hysterical laughter i'm now panting on the floor trying to expel this moon cup and i can't get it out now this is probably about 10 hours later I'm realising that this cannot come out. So the only way for it to come out was to go to A&E. So I had to sign in at the receptionist at the A&E. She asked me the issue, so I had to type out the um, the issue. Uh, and she was like, what's that? So then I had to type out what a moon cup was. Bless her. So she sends me down into the waiting area. Eventually saw a triage nurse. Uh, she asked what the issue is. And I said, well, have you not looked at my notes? And she said, it just says personal problem. So then I had to explain what the issue was. She's now inquisitive. She's never heard of a moon cup. She then calls Devon Doctors, which is down the hallway, to see if they can help. We then had to uh, remove it a bit like a smear test with instruments to catch it. And this is where I found out that I've actually got a high cervix and a tilted cervix. So the actual moon cup has suctioned itself to my cervix. Uh, When she finally removed it, she asked if I wanted it back to reuse again and I was... I think just from the look on her face, she realised that that was a big, solid no. Um, So now I've not used a moon cup ever again, although I have found out that you can now have different ones for different types of cervix. I did actually buy one for a high cervix and a tilted cervix, but I'm too scared. So I'm just now using period pants. And so far, 
no issues of having to go to a &E with a period pant. Oh, so yes, sir. I think I'm safe there now. <laughs> All I can say was it gave my friends a really, really good laugh to the point even now they probably still laugh at my incident. So I'm glad I keep my friends happy and laughter is still there. Yeah, that's it, girls. There's my story. Thanks. Oh, that's so so great and a brave thing to tell well done thank you claire for sharing that with us and that will help uh, other it people will. because it i will. wasn't aware i was certainly wasn't aware that that might that might happen well so... obviously claire wasn't either no <laughs> <laughs> what a great story oh brilliant story lou oh that's brilliant thank you claire for sharing that it's fantastic um so um that reminds me actually that Lou rolls another one and I've got um a Lou roll story which uh, remind me Lou and I will tell you and it's very embarrassing but I think if I'm going to share it I might as well share it to all you lovely ladies so <laughs> we'll do that another we'll do okay, that another time I've, I've written that on my notes um Lou we're moving on, on um with our book aren't we and this uh, time our book collective we're going to be um looking at Glennon Doyle's um Untamed um which you've read and I haven't I have looked at the introduction which i oh my god i know i'm gonna love it could you just t tell people kind of the the gist of of what it's about i certainly can i've got it in front of me it's earmarked it's bookmarked i've even got an estrogen patch an empty patch because i'd run out of bookmarks to put in there <laughs> uh, I, I love it um so this is a book about a woman and it's about being authentic it's a memoir it's about being real, really truthful to yourself and showing vulnerability and actually having all those amazing traits has actually given her the life that, that she deserves and she needs. Um, but when she, as she writes, she writes so many truths about women, about what it is to be a woman and how um, women are perceived. Um, I couldn't put it down. Um, Adele the lovely Adele the singer it's a book mm -hmm. she swears by as well I think we're going to have a great time reading this um, Fantastic. So we'll put this on the old gram but yep. there aren't numbered chapters she does it in I'm turning the pages here she turns she does it in parts so next week we are going to talk about part one and part two okay so we'll get... read up to page 73 for yep. next week fantastic and, um, i think that'll bring also bring up a lot of chat as well so brilliant that's and where it, we are with that one good and it won't be a hardship i don't think because as i say i've only read the introduction and i can't wait to to get started you, on won't, that. you won't put it down Jin, no you past 73 i reckon you, you'll be right on the end page yeah brilliant um and have you got a wine for us we said we were going to start now we're doing going to start a wine collective at the end of every month but we you need time to go and buy this wine if you want to taste it and with to Louise peruse, and, peruse uh, exactly so so what wine have you chosen well and why Right, in the, on the desk now, from the floor in front of me, I've chosen two. Well, I'm going to start with the, a flurry. Mm -hmm. so I'm a red wine girl, if anyone knows me, and bubbles, but not together. So I've chosen a flurry, and I actually, I love this wine, a red. Sorry, Lou, what's a flurry? A flurry is a red wine. Oh, okay, that's the name of the wine. That is the name oh, okay. of the wine. I will just tell you a little bit about flurry. It is a well-known Beaujolais wine 
um, from the red wine, from the Gamay grape. The wines are some of the most highly regarded in the region, which is sometimes referred to as, she is referred to as the Queen of Beaujolais. So, no wonder you chose that No, no I know. See. I, we found, I found this wine when I was in France, obviously home of good wines. Mm. And um, it's just a lovely, light, silky wine. It's not heavy at all. Uh, it's got Oh, I can do this now, like a proper wine connoisseur. It's got bright aromas of blueberries and red fruit. So Sounds I love lovely. it. It's a lovely, really easy drinkable red wine. If anyone's looking for it, it's a flurry. It's called Flurry. And where, where could you know where people can buy that if they want to join you? Well, do you know post? what? All the big supermarkets, and there are lots of big supermarkets do their own varieties of flurry. There is the original flurry in there, which has got a beautiful little, um, what's it called? Label, yeah. label. Um, with flowers on i've got mine from marks and spencers because i love theirs it's 13 and a half percent volume and it's a medium bodied and it's suitable for vegans as well that one very nice too very nice okay and what's your bubbly well my bubbly because i thought as we're in this shit show coming out of this shit show of covid i've gone for a champagne but i've gone for a marks and spencers delacorte champagne it's called mm -hmm. so it's actually a rosé brute it's a delicate salmon colored sparkling rosé with flavors of raspberry strawberry cherry and biscuit it's dry mm. it's not over dry and it's and it uses a chardonnay and pinot noir um mure, hang on mure, i actually had to go on <laughs> youtube to pronounce that earlier mure grape from France, both French, both just from Marks and Spencers. This one is lovely. This one is £22. It's a cheaper end of a champagne. And the flurry comes in around, this one's £10, but you can get it for about seven in Tesco's and other larger supermarkets. Okay, so, that sounds great. I know it's a champagne and it's a little bit out there, but I thought end of the month, the rosé yeah. is not... The rosé champagne is not dry. It doesn't taste like you're drinking sparkling urine. And I'm going to recommend to anybody that doesn't drink, um, I'm going to recommend a drink called Dukes, which is J-U-K-E-S, Dukes Cordialities. You can get it online. Um, I'm not sure what supermarkets you can get it. I normally get it online. And it's not cheap, but it lasts for absolutely ages. Ah. Um, it's absolutely lovely because um, uh, being alcohol-free, you get really bored. I don't want to drink Coke and lemonade. They're far too sugary no. and sweet, and I get bored of water. So this, I put it, what I do is put it in a wine glass. They're, they're in very small bottles and one bottle does two two um and it's just it's just like wine it's it's made by a guy who he is a sommelier so he specializes in what he that's what he does as a job is wine taste so he created these dukes cordialities and they've got three or four different types i'm going to be probably testing the um type one um, so if anyone wants to look into that and um, join in with me, I mix mine with um, Perrier, well, not Perrier, but fizzy water of any sort, just a supermarket own usually, um, a cold um, supermarket own uh, fizzy water. And also it links into our gut health because it's made with a little bit of um, apple cider vinegar. Ah. So it's got that in it and it's got that nice, it's almost like you're drinking wine because it's just got that nice, you, you wouldn't want to gulp it, it's more of a sippy. And then so, that's, do you know, well, that's what I find when I've gone for non-alcoholic um, beverages before yeah. and wines. 
they don't really taste and I just want to neck it down or I don't want to touch it so actually yeah. I'm going to have a look at those as well have a look they're a, they're a really good option I absolutely love them so yeah we'll be doing that and we'll be going through that you can if you we're giving you plenty of time to go and have a look and buy a bottle of, of whatever you save fancy. those pennies up because if you do need a champagne so moving on Lou um I think you've got a WI for me haven't you I have gins and I don't actually know because this is a, obviously off you know I haven't actually asked you about this because I try not to ask you about it yes but I'm totally blind here I don't totally know what blind. Be. don't worry it's no more crochet good <laughs> that's all I'm saying good so I don't know about you but during lockdown one two and obviously coming out of three I found that I was going through some quite highs and some quite lows and I I read a book and I started thinking about being grateful every day and having gratitude mm-hmm. and practicing mm-hmm. that in some way so I sit there and I think, what am I going to be grateful for today? And I do this every morning now, every morning, either before or after my meditation, I do it every morning. I have started to write down my gratefulnesses every day. Gratefulnesses. Yeah, there's word? a word. Yeah. No, I've made one up there. Yeah. So I would like you to what well, every day be grateful for something, whether it's your health, your family, have, having a friend, having something to do that day. It doesn't have to be major. It can be anything, but I want you to write them down because I sometimes you repeat yourself and that's really interesting because you obviously realise you're more grateful for some things other mm-hmm. than others. So just a nice light one, no crochet. Just no crochet, good. Be grateful every day and write down your gratefulnesses. Grateful I can open my eyes and get out of bed some mornings. Yeah, yeah. and you know what? That is, that is being grateful because some yeah. people can't even do that exactly exactly there are days where you don't want to do very much and you're just grateful that you have got out of bed and managed to get in the shower some yes. days so, yeah and yeah um, it is. okay Lou I shall do that Lou I shall um I shall quite enjoy that I think I lovely. think you will I thought it was yeah. a very you thing to do yeah yeah that's lovely thank you so that leaves us really we've only got our three tips haven't we so oh, we have we thought because it's kind of earth day and mother earth we, we'd ask each of us lou's got two daughters and i've got one so and they're very close in age i think there's a year between them all so good so first of all um sorry if i get these in the wrong order but i think this is nancy's tip for life i'm nancy and i'm louise's daughter My one tip for life is you do you. During my early teenage years, I was controlled by how I thought people perceived me. If I was saying the right thing, if I was wearing the right thing, or if I was acting in a way that was to be desired. This process was exhausting. I was not authentically myself. I realised that this was futile. My life and personality was an illusion created to please those around me. In order to shed this falsehood, I had to learn to be vulnerable. This was terrifying and full of doubt and anxiety. True self-acceptance and being my authentic self has changed everything for me. It makes me so proud of who I am. Who knew that a bit of vulnerability would give me the life I always dreamed of at 15? And who knew somebody so young could be so wise? Oh, do you know what? When she sent me that, because she's I'm crying now. When she sent me that, when she was in London, I was like, and how amazing. We've talked about vulnerability today in the book. is all about being vulnerable, Glenn yeah. and Doyle. And she's actually realised at 25, you should be vulnerable. And she's embraced yeah. it. Yeah. So proud of her. 
Amazing. Yeah. Well done, Nance. That was beautiful. And I, I, I will definitely take note of that. Um, now, now it's my daughter's Millie, who is 23, nearly 24. She'll be 24 in a couple of weeks. So here we go. I think if I'm correct, this will be Millie. Hi, I'm Millie, Jinty's daughter. And my tip for today is kind of more like a challenge, but it has actually helped me a lot. So I'd like to share it with you guys. Um, I'd like you to think about women's beauty standards and maybe the amount that we're expected to do in comparison to, you know, men and <laughs> things like that, you know, just shaving our legs, uh, waxing eyebrows, wearing makeup, things like that. It's all very time consuming. So I would maybe ask next time you're thinking about, you know, going to shave your legs, going to put makeup on, maybe just don't and just kind of wait and see what happens. Um, you don't have to never do it again, but just maybe you know, just wait and see and relax a bit and just think about, you know, why why would I be doing this? Is it something that, you know, I'm doing for myself or is it, am I doing it because it's what, you know, society says women should be, you know, women should have smooth <laughs> shaved legs, women should have a youthful look, you know, with makeup and things like that, women should have long hair, you know, why am I doing the things that I do and maybe just have a think about um, that next time you're going to do one of those things. So flipping there you go. How wise is she? I know. <laughs> how did we do that, Lou? I don't know how. What happened? How did we manage these amazing women? <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that next time. I, in fact, I did that quite a lot over lockdown, actually. But that's just that's a different story. <laughs> but to do it when you're, you know, you're going to you see people young and and, and yeah. at an age where that you've got so much pressure on yeah. you. Yeah yeah exactly exactly so that's a wonderful tip thank you for that millie and so lastly we've got daisy who is she is she 23 as well lou she is 23 she's 24 this year oh, and good. you know i always i always think she's older than she is because she's a wise one my day yes, yes she <laughs> and she's got a very wise tip here so here we go here's our third tip for today from daisy louise's daughter my tip for life is to understand and know that you deserve better in relationships. This can be both romantic and friendship situations. I'm going to use examples of romantic relationships today, though, because for so many years, I never had the confidence in myself. The outer layer was like a fake confidence that was just a disguise away from how much I didn't like myself and how much I thought I didn't deserve anything. This in turn, however, became so reflected upon my romantic relationships from the very first to my very last relationship before my current relationship. I felt like I didn't deserve love or kindness from anyone. I'm not someone who is a perfect role model within relationships. I've been toxic. And when like my depression was bad and I was drinking more, I was difficult to be around and pretty mean. And I think my family can even you know, attest to this. I was, I was a difficult person. But this doesn't excuse some of the behavior I've faced. It's okay to want basic respect. It's okay to say no to things as they make you uncomfortable in a relationship. And a romantic partner is meant to love you. And that means not begging them to come see you or begging them to actually talk to you in a group of people because they feel embarrassed to talk to you or crying because they're constantly comparing you to someone else. You deserve that respect. You are enough. Whenever my friends who are younger than me tell their love lives, I always that they should be expecting more because it's true. The way that someone telling you they love you and then acting toxic affects you for so long because you then believe you are the problem and it hurts your self-confidence, 
once you gain that respect for yourself and know that you're not asking for too much, you'll become happier within yourself and gain a love for yourself that you didn't know you had before because you're treating others with that respect. Wow. I know. It's it's absolutely wonderful. And they're all fantastic tips. Thank you, Daisy. That was just brilliant. Um, but you know, just listening to Daisy there, I do I do find I hope things change for young women and I hope we could because you think that they've all got to the stage in their teenage years where they've been struggling and it's just a way that 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 that, yeah. we, that, that life that society is at the moment. So like yeah. Lily says, just, you know, sometimes rebel against that, those those uh, views of women and what the, what society expects and just go, fuck you, I'm going to do my own thing today. Exactly. And I think all of them had that trait all they the did. way through about vulnerability, fuck yeah. off. And actually you and right, you yeah. do you. It doesn't matter about anyone else. And, and I just I love do. that. What what? I couldn't be proud of couldn't be women. Proud of I could not be proud so of So maybe, adoring. you know, if you've got daughters, um, ask them. Give, give say to think yeah. of a tip. Think of a tip you'd give for me or give to somebody younger or give to a friend. And it, it may help them and it, you may be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was, but beautifully yeah. surprised. And let us know if you do, if you ask your daughters or friends, please yes, get in contact. Do. We'd love to we'd love to hear them. Yeah definitely oh what a, what a week Brilliant. again more tea is more chat yeah. more tea oh, did... i do hope your tea's not gone cold and we hope you'll join us next sunday for the collective when we have a very special guest indeed emma ellis flint she's a nutritionist specializing in peri and menopause nutrition gut health and hormones yes hormones. everything hormones. Yes. yeah balancing hormones everything and emma actually works with dr louise newson the menopause doctor at the menopause health clinic so she is going to be a really interesting guest and i cannot no. wait we'd love you to subscribe to our podcast and please leave comments and head over to our instagram page womankind collective for all the links and chat from the podcast today oh thank you Jim. thank you today. Been great, and thank you, Annie, and thank you, Nancy, Daisy, and Millie. You've all been wonderful, superb, absolutely. Oh, and Claire, sorry, Claire.